going on in the market this week i guess we should probably talk big picture first and then uh get into the nitty-gritty yeah since it has been a week since we've uh, done the last podcast it's been it a while has. maybe we could talk a little bit about our travels i was in chicago gave a little talk was meeting with some uh some of our lawyers and doing some networking talking to a little vc money what was uh alec you were in you were at a conference as well, and then Dimitri, you probably have some updates from, um, well, Toronto and Dallas since since we last had the episode, right? Yeah, we we are cultured individuals. We travel a little bit, so who wants to go first? Are we rock paper scissors? You can go, D. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I left uh left my my motherland of the United States to go. <laughs> to Canada. I went to Toronto. Um, I know a surprisingly small amount of geography because I had no idea which of the Great Lakes I was next to. Um, But it was a great city. Um, Everyone in Toronto was very friendly. Uh, I was there for like a fireside chat um, that was organized by TechSpark, which is a company uh, in Canada. Uh, they're 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 trying to like uh, introduce tech to uh, let's say like underprivileged kids in schools, right? So mm-hmm. school doesn't have that much money. TechSpark comes in and says like, hey, it's okay. We know you don't have a lot of money. We're gonna introduce tech to your kids. Um, on a nonprofit basis. Yeah, a nonprof. Um, and they wanted me to come there to talk about. Um, how cryptocurrency could possibly um, solidify black wealth going to this new century that we're in. So it was interesting. It was great. Uh, I love Toronto. A very clean city, which mm-hmm. is like something that Redis was telling me about. He was like, it's so clean. And it was like, wow, it's got to be pretty damn clean if that's you know, how you describe the place. Yeah. Um, and it is. It's awesome. The traffic is a pain in the ass. So, but you can keep track of the hockey scores pretty easy up there. Very, very easily. It was funny. Like I went out for drinks on at breakfast. Mm-hmm. They everybody's hockey fans. And sorry, Canada, your beer's terrible. Like I know, like that's in like maybe I just offended some people, but it's not very good. It's just not. Um, <laughs> but. You kind of like have to care about hockey when you go to Canada. Because I went out for drinks after the talk, and the USA's women's hockey team was playing the Canadian hockey team. And like out of the blue, I cared about hockey. Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, I hope we beat you guys down." Uh, I don't, I don't know any of the rules, but I just want to win. So yeah, good for you. Yeah, we get that was my to Canada. But the, mm-hmm. the blockchain buzz is always strong up there, of course. Yeah, it's really strong. Um, everybody that I had drinks with was like, here's my latest blockchain idea. I'm going to be ready to ICO in eight months. And I was like, <laughs> okay. All right, <laughs> this is picking up. This is picking up up here. So uh, very interesting. Much different environment than in the States where things are still kind of like, is it legal? Is it not? What's the guidance? What isn't it? In Canada, they know they're going for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're really they're really pushing that. They want to be the 
go to uh, go to location up there. Mm-hmm. Anything blockchain related, anything tech related, really. Some of those startup uh, buildings up there, just communities. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Lots our, of guys always, our guys are always pushing us to move up there. It's like, I don't know, man. If you guys really knew that it was 75 degrees down here and sitting on the water, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> just send them a just send them a picture of your beach. Like, are you sure? Because last time I checked, it snows up there, but down here, not so much. Anyway, uh, Alec, what else did you? Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to do any traveling really. Just a bunch of local. I, it's great to go to these local events, and you see a few hundred people in Atlanta these last few. Uh, meetups. It's been great. Yeah. It's great seeing the local, you know, everyone local. It's it just great to see. Sweet. It's good to be back, though. Let's get into the swing of things, right? So, there's been some news that could affect the markets. I don't know if it will or not. I don't have a crystal ball, but I'd like to think so. And that's like in the past, what is it, two or three weeks. Um, we've seen some pretty big moves in the crypto space. First, my I'd, I'd like to think that Robinhood uh, slowly rolling out access uh, for their customers to buy and hold cryptocurrency is is going to take a little while. Did they to, give a timeline on that? I've been kind of waiting, trying to figure out the timing. I think this week they're doing five states. Like there's oh, going to be five initial states. Strategy just they roll out. Good chip mm-hmm. away it. Okay. Yeah, chip away because I don't think I think they did different than I think they're going to try to follow Coinbase because Coinbase slowly rolled it out around the U.S. You know, it was like a few states at a time, and yeah. lo and behold, pretty much everywhere but New York, uh, you have the full functionality of Coinbase and GDAX. Mm-hmm. So, I think they're going to take that same route. Same route. And just kind of like slowly roll it out. But well, I mean, it's a game changer. It's going to be tough to get these millennials, you know, to ever want to pay commissions again once, um, you know, if they if they become kind of synonymous with crypto, and that's kind of been their open source idea was all right, we'll just take the commissions down to zero, and then get the eyeballs, get the users assume get some assets under management. I don't know, you know, I don't know what the revenue model is exactly if they're earning float on on assets in there, if they're just trying to upsell the different services. I don't think it bodes well for, you know, the Schwab used to be ten bucks, now it's seven bucks a trade. Or it was seven bucks a trade, now it's like four, four or five bucks a trade. That used to be the active trader fee. I don't even know mm-hmm. what that is. Probably like three bucks now. Mm. So what is so when you say that like the the users paying that fee right for every trade? Say that again. The users paying that fee, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean per trade, right? If if you look at these discount retail brokerage firms, yeah, I mean it's per trade. What kind of impact does it have if that comes down near zero? It looks like it's approaching zero pretty yeah. fast. I think Robinhood's probably wanting to lead the way there. Um, Wait, how do they even make any money if they don't take those fees? I don't know. I, uh, <clears throat> it's yet to be. I, I'm not. I haven't looked into that revenue model enough to know. No. So if there's no fees, and then all of a sudden, all these curious people that haven't had an easy way to get into something now have an easy way to get into something. Do you think the market's already priced this in, or do you think that we haven't even seen the effects until we start to see? Like any public facing data that Robinhood is going to give to us. I mean, the market should know that news, right? That's kind of old news. So the market should be, should have moved on the, the rumor, the headlines already on that. I think it's more about the, the capital flow from them opening up new accounts and, you know, giving more people more options to get involved in this space. Um, now I did a talk with a room of about 40 people last week, uh, in Chicago. And it seems like everybody kind of 
that is involved went in through Coinbase. So, you know, the more people we, you know, the more firms like Robinhood or Rhythm to kind of help people get started is what we need. And I think that's the capital flow. You're going to need more capital from in the individuals like that, which Robinhood is obviously going to, I think, give a nice boost. And then we need that from the uh, institutional side too. But all, I think it's all positive. I'm just trying to figure out the timing. I mean, how long it takes for them to kind of turn the. So what about today's big headline? The today being February 26th. So we should probably start doing that. Time of recording, February 26th, 2018. Yep. Um, Circle. So Circle was a huge on ramp uh, portal for people back in like 2014, 2015. It was really user friendly. You put in your debit card slash credit card and you buy Bitcoin. Super duper easy. You could chat in there. You could put emojis in there. It was great. Um, then out of the blue, they're like, you know what? We're not cool with Bitcoin anymore. We're just not going to we're not going to do that anymore where you couldn't buy Bitcoin. And then today they announced like, hey, we're buying. Poloniex. For four hundred million dollars. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. What would you do with four hundred million dollars if it hit your desk right now? What would you guys do? Well, you, uh, just be trading. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. Four hundred million. You know how everybody likes to use the MySpace analogy. MySpace was a good trade. It wasn't like a failure. They act like, oh, well, MySpace was the first mover and then it failed. It's like, time out. They sold for $580 million. And then um, that was to, you know, Murdoch's group, right? Mm-hmm. And then they turned around and the company was valued at like $12 billion at one point. Now, granted, now it peaked and they're trying to get like $40 million for it. Mm whatever's left of I, I don't know and I, can, I, I haven't been to a MySpace page since I don't know since the Broncos won the Super Bowl <clears throat> John Elway <laughs> John well, Elway hopefully, Broncos <laughs> hopefully some of these exchanges start really pushing some sort of support lines I think like Coinbase Polio I mean they take weeks to respond to any sort of support request mm-hmm. yeah that's big i mean it seems like they're trying to get involved in a little bit of everything they called themselves a venmo competitor i think at one point i think they have an over-the-counter trade desk where they're probably trying to fill cost like big customers or guys that have big you know big crypto to move so i don't you know think- that's that's a that's a big number though you think this is priced into already? Like today is the day if you're going to make moves off of this news, make moves, and that's pretty much all you got. Yeah, I don't know. I think we the market seemed to be moving this morning before this news headline. Today was a pretty strong day, though. We've been we can talk about the charts a little bit later. But this acquisition too, I've been kind of wondering if some of these ICOs are going to start gobbling up other other ICOs because we really haven't seen that right I mean if you do if you had a, a really successful ICO I mean you got all this capital and okay you know how many different guys are trying to do the same thing from a currency technology standpoint or privacy coin this privacy coin that we haven't really seen anybody go out and just say all right I don't know if that's a good strategy or not buy up that's a strong else point. token I mean, that's that's like business 101, isn't it? Like, hey, I've got a huge pile of money. Here's a competitor. How about I buy him? Yeah. I hmm. guess, you know, I would only want to do it if these some of these ICOs are making money, not very many of them. So you go in and you buy an exchange. Obviously, those guys are probably <laughs> they probably have good revenue over there. I've never traded off of Polo. Have you, Alec? Uh, just very briefly. Yeah, Dimitri, you said you did. I did. I actually, um, I think I margin. I didn't think I margin traded off Polo. 
um, back in the day when I was when I was teaching like three four years ago. I was margin trading off the pole. I mean, it's okay. It was nothing mm-hmm. spectacular. I mean, I'm I don't trade enough to even have an opinion that's probably like something you should value very much. <laughs> but yeah, um, they have a day and a night uh, user interface, so you can use it in the nighttime. I thought that was cool. Um, <laughs> no, it's. it's I never had any problems with it. Never had any problems with draw. Never had any problems logging in. It was always smooth that way. Never had any problems hooking up APIs. You know. Mm-hmm. So was, to me, it was okay. I think they're in the U.S., which is good. Good for U.S. people. Uh, are they? Yeah. They are. These guys circle. They have Circle Pay too. Mm-hmm. They do two billion a month in transactions. They generated sixty million in, in three months in revenue. Circle did. Yeah, they have this uh, Circle Pay. That's mm-hmm. according to Fortune. That's the numbers. <sighs> circle Pay, Circle Trade, Circle Trades. They're over the counter trading desk. Mm. I, I haven't used any of their stuff. Well, somebody's using the hell out of it. So, <laughs> so okay. Well, that's the biggest move, biggest news, biggest uh, biggest business market news, I think. I don't know. So another thing is, I don't, I don't think this is as easy to foresee. I don't know, Alec, if you uh, have an opinion here or not, but um, SegWit and the Lightning Network, you know, that adoption is increasing. Not drastically right it's at, mm-hmm. it's at like 18 percent of the last 144 blocks are segwit something like that so it's not increasing drastically but it is increasing and do you see like where do you see the market going as oh, okay bitcoin actually becoming you know useful again i don't think it's it's not going to be a night and day switch coinbase did just uh declare support and they're going to be swapping with these next few weeks right that was a news headline yeah. in the last few days. They're slowly which, rolling out. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really good news. I think it's important to remember how much everyone had to corner them from a community standpoint just to, yeah. to enact it. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's great nevertheless. I mean, I don't think it's going to be, if anything, it's probably priced in. It's just going to be very slow and... I think I don't really know. I think what's interesting to think about there is does that take away from Litecoin? I mean, I haven't really sent a transaction since last week on BTC. Um, but if the fees are down, I mean, have you guys ever heard it's back down to like thirty cents? Somebody's some people have been sending. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just generally too, as Lightning Network and Segwit starts, you know, there's there's more adoption. It just all the arguments for. The thousands of other coins trying to solve that problem just kind of start disappearing. Yeah, exactly. Or at least they're not as strong. You know, space is huge, but still, I mean, competition's important in a free market, right? Yeah. I mean, Litecoin was, when we look at the majors, Litecoin last week was definitely the strongest. You can look at it versus, you can chart LTC versus BTC, do it, you know, Ethereum versus BTC, do Bitcoin Cash versus BTC, lay all three of those over each other, and then put BTC versus the dollar. You can have all that on the chart, and Litecoin was clearly the strongest mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. And I don't know. I, I, I kind of anytime those you know Bitcoin gets faster and the fees start to come down like that, it makes me a little bit less bullish on Litecoin. I mean, I think I think um, the Eastern community. Um, really, really likes Litecoin. I don't think here in the West as many people, and they're starting to hear about it. But I guess the answer is there's probably enough demand for both of them to, to you know, obviously coexist. But that's the, that's the only thing. When I see that Bitcoin gets jammed up, it makes you know, for me, it makes me want to use Litecoin more. You know, we we didn't want to send. You know, if we have to pay some people for business stuff and they want to get paid in Bitcoin, it's like, oh man, I, we, weeks ago, I was like, I don't want to send them now. Let's ask them if we can send them <laughs> Ether mm-hmm. and yeah. or Litecoin. But now that when that 
starts to reverse, it, it kind of makes me say, mm, you know, anytime Litecoin rallies, I'm not afraid to take some off just because it's, I don't know. I think it takes away from the wind out of Litecoin sales a little bit. Yeah. Along with everything else too, not just Litecoin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those two things get adopted. It's going to be a pretty big, uh, it's going to be like an earthquake to a lot of these tokens that that's their main selling point is like, hey, more transactions per second. We can do this many transactions per second. Well, if Bitcoin can do that too, it's going to be tough for me to. You know, you can't, you really can't underestimate the name recognition and how much Bitcoin has. When people think blockchain Bitcoin, you know, blockchain cryptocurrencies, they think Bitcoin. Yeah. That's it. People yep. over people overlook that because they're you already have that foundation of information in the space. But yep. the average Joe, they hear Bitcoin, that's all they know. Yeah. And that's important. You know, it's everybody wants mass adoption of the technology and get the blockchain to where everybody wants to take it. But man, if you, if the more complicated we make it with more coins and what is what what's that what's this what's that kind of is self-defeating in a lot of ways i mean we were talking about steam how over complicated they've made that now steam power powering up powering down what yeah. there's what's the other one there's steam power steam i mean i uh, like I mean, i'm for steam what they're trying to do i just no, i mean dollars i mean just just in general in the entire space there's no it just needs to be simpler there's bad ui there's bad user experiences it's everything's holding it back yeah. it's not ready for adoption yet it's Dimitri, not what do, I'm you glad. what do you think well, i think what i think about steam i think it's well i think uh i think making it kind of convoluted has a good side and a bad side the bad side obviously is um the learning curve for people to use it is tough. Mm-hmm. The learning curve to get in and out of it is yeah. tough. Um, I think on the good that it kind of forces your users to develop a culture around it mm-hmm. and a language around it. So the people that do go diehard Steam are going to develop their own vernacular you know like kind of like there's stuff that happens on facebook now that is culturally ingrained like the wall or my news feed or make sure you don't tag me in that or i'm definitely not going to check in at this super target for the third time this week yeah like you say stuff like that 10 years ago people are like what do you tag you checking in what are you talking about you say it now, and people are like, oh, okay, yeah. I totally get you want to check in at Target three times in a week. It's like, why are you going to Target that much? You know? <laughs> but, but. I like the way Target's organized because I'm not one of these guys that likes to go up and down every aisle when I go to, you know, a Publix or I don't know what you guys have out west. It's King Supers and Albertsons. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Target's good. You just they got everything right there. The food's all right, three aisles. <laughs> yep. And then like, oh, they have the Rolls Royce of carts, man. Those like nice, sturdy red plastic carts, man. They they're doing it right. So, anyways, this isn't a Target <laughs> podcast. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we we talked about some of the uh, more pressing news, but from a more macro look at the markets i think jason you mentioned something the other day about the bond market starting to break down and how that's linked to the collapse and i don't know some sort of confidence in governments around the world yeah i think some, that's something that we kind of talk about longer term is you we can talk the next two hours about what the price <laughs> section's doing or we can talk the next you know 10 years but i think when you really do the long-term cycle stuff, there's always this shift between public and private, and it's a big pendulum swing. It takes many, many, many years. I mean, 1981 was the peak in the last. This is a 50, 51 year wave that basically plays out, and it's a. Mm-hmm. So 1981, we saw the peak in rates, uh, U.S. rates, 
And that was a peak in the public confidence. And now we're moving into a private wave that doesn't peak until 2032. So um, as we kind of, as everything builds and the energy builds into this uh, peak in confidence, you're, I think you're going to see at some point, and this, it's probably, you're not, I mean, the cracks are there, but you're not going to really feel the pain until growth slows. And, and, and then we actually do roll over into the next recession because you're going to have it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and when growth slows, that's when you start to care about the deficit. And then you start to care about private sector debt. And you start to care about, hey, if rates are going to keep rising, you know, <clears throat> makes it harder to r- roll some of these loans or, um, you know, I was looking at, I think, I think the uh, auto space, auto sector is going to have a lot of troubles, especially like these subprime auto loans. That's that's stuff on the bearish side that I don't, don't really go to until after growth slows. So anyway, as you know, once growth starts to slow and it may be slowing in Europe already, you can watch the rates on what they call the periphery of the market. So, I mean, we were trading, you heard it on the financial media a lot, the pigs, Portugal, Italy, Greece, Spain. Um, when you start to see those rates start to break out, then I think that's the market telling you something about, uh, you know, the confidence in in those governments and in that, that public sector. And so that's something we're watching. I, I was looking at the charts last week and nothing really longer term has, has really started to break out yet. And then everybody's talking about U.S. rates, and it's the same thing. I mean, the, you have to get above 3%, 310, 320 before you're really going to break the long-term downtrend channel we've been in in rates. So that's a 30-year bear market in rates, bull market in prices. Um, but I think that's something that maybe we'll get these institutions into crypto by then, and then you'll actually see some really pretty interesting correlations where if you're having a lot of problems in and government's trying to raise money and they can't sell their debt. Uh, it's just going to snowball on itself. And mm-hmm. I could easily see crypto people looking around and saying, man, if this country's bond market's blowing up, which, which will affect their currency, the kind of the two go hand in hand to some extent. And I think people look around and capital is going to look around and say, Hey, do I want to be in gold? Do I want to be in t- digital gold, Bitcoin? Do I want, Mm-hmm. I think I think we are going to see crypto kind of take over and and be a real benefactor to that sh- that shift from the public confidence, which is collapsing, and then we'll see. Um, but anyway, that's something I want to keep an eye on longer term, and and the rates on the periphery of Europe is just they haven't broken out yet, and I'm keeping an eye on that one. Yeah, I mean that's kind of why I brought it up. You were just talking about, I mean. When you think about like the petrol coin from Venezuela, you're talking <laughs> confidence in the government. I mean, this is a pretty interesting to see how this develops. Yeah, a coin I mean, really pegged to it. I mean, so they're trying to what? Trying to scam people out of <laughs> they they can't sell their bonds. Nobody's going to give them capital. They're broke, so they go, oh well, we'll just disguise ourselves as you know this cryptocurrency backed mm-hmm. nonsense and. You know, I was thinking it'd be a great short and then didn't realize it was already at two cents. <laughs> you know, it's like, what's your risk reward there? Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how it plays out longer term, though, as the first one. Yeah. I doubt it'll be the last. Oh, I know. It's Talk about I think, a great option. I think what we're witnessing is the beauty of centralized versus decentralized systems. Yeah. And yeah. humanity has given a, like, giant groupthink fu to venezuela's government and like <laughs> i don't yeah. see that changing for them so like it's funny they're like oh it's digital it's it's petrocoin it's backed by this the uh, petroleum it's backed by whatever. everything apparently it's yeah. backed by the dollar it's backed by oil it's backed by <laughs> yeah and everybody is like yeah i'm gonna toss up a middle finger to that and walk the other direction so what we're seeing is, hey, there's a benefit towards nobody owning anything in decentralized systems 
opposed to a central system where you can point and look at who the person is that's responsible for the B- the BS that's going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's a it's a different way to transfer value too, though. What the United States restricted trading of the dollar to to them to Venezuela, so the government finds a new way, you know, to get around that with petrocoin. I mean, obviously, it's going to be used for uh, I doubt very good things, but I mean, it's it's a new way to trade value around the restrictions that are in place. Yeah, I mean, they're trying their hardest to avoid sanctions, but I don't know. Uh, I like to think everything gets its just desserts, and if you're treating your people that terribly, then it doesn't matter yeah, what you... It doesn't matter how much lipstick you put on that pig. Oh, yeah. Still eat yeah. shit. Yeah, it's so. a pretty good guess on how it's going to turn out based on how they've already been. Yeah managing the dollar so still interesting to watch see how it all plays out and Very see true. who's next because what's the I mean, symbol on that pig xr <laughs> i don't know do you know alec no i don't actually i haven't been trading it hold on you guys keep talking i'll get it for our listeners yep um I think I think you're right, Alec. It's interesting to see how this plays out for them. I think I have the answer, um, or at least I would like to say there's a high probability that this is going to be an epic failure, and uh, <laughs> the only thing successful about that guy will have been his ability to groom a powerful mustache uh, for his entire life. And, hey, and then uh, you see, uh, and then you see Russia with Putin coming out. Uh, was it yesterday being shared all over the community, which I kind of find funny that yeah. the two dictators praise cryptocurrencies and everyone's freaking out over it. The entire crypto community <laughs> like is like good. a like a battered spouse, man. I know. <laughs> Just like like they hate the banks, but as soon as one bank is like, yeah, crypto's pretty cool, they're like, Oh my god, I love you. I love you so much. And then <laughs> like Everybody's like, screw Russia. Nobody cares about Russia. Oh, they like us now? We like you too, Russia. Yeah. You know, so. Even though they, you know, they're not going to be using the technology probably for any, anything good. There can't be anything good in their mind. I mean, just another way to get around the restrictions, probably. But people still upvote it, still get excited. But I guess exposure is exposure, right? Yeah. Ultimately... I've said it for some time now, and I think that all these countries are going to create their own digital currencies because it's an obvious technological advancement. That's what people forget. Is like this is a com- this is a computer science breakthrough we're talking about. Not just mm-hmm. not just money, not just cool stuff. Like this is a scientific breakthrough. So all these countries will have their digital currencies, but they're going to need to balance their books on something on some blockchain. Well, why are they? So. What's the point of them doing that? I, other than the fact that it's they like they're trying to be cool. I mean, yeah, then it helps them send. I guess if you if you made a digital euro, you should be able to send it quicker via the blockchain. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. really understand what they're trying to do there. Do they? I don't think they even know. I think it depends on who's who's doing it. Yeah. For what reason? I mean, I think when you look at. Governments like Russia and Venezuela, the answer is pretty obvious where the West, you know, the, where the control of money currently is and any way to, you know, get around that. Yeah, that's true. But from you said the euro, I mean, I don't see why. I mean, there's so many reasons for it, right? Yeah. So how about we get into some buyer selling? Like there's two tokens I know we wanted to highlight in this episode. One of them was... Uh, Steam, right? And the other one's Nano? Okay. Or did we say Salt and Nano? You were talking request earlier. Request, there we go. Position. Not even what I was thinking about. So, request. Let's take a look at the charts. Let's take a look at what it says. And um, kind of do a little bit of a little analysis for the people. Yeah. Like we do. Well, well if you're not... Way, that petrodollar is XPD. XPD? <laughs> And I don't know why this looks like it's been trading on uh, Cryptopia since since January of last year. Really? Yeah. How is that? 
Why is it just now in the news? It just spins like flatlined, and then it went to one cent. And now it's at two cents. Well, it went to uh, actually it went to ten cents. It's back down at two or three. I was just looking at versus the dollar on Coin Market Cap because it's Cryptopia is against BTC, but hmm. I guess I'd be I, I wouldn't be opposed to shorting that a little bit on some decent spikes. Oh yeah, I would. I'd be right there with you, just because it's. I don't see that from a fundamental standpoint. Just yeah, it's just it's just backwards. Um. All right. So something we can actually put some real capital behind you. So I don't know that much about REQ request networking, other than just a little bit of work that we did on it. I mean, I I think yeah, th- this chart's a baby, which is which is fine. Uh, doesn't have as much. Hasn't been around as, as as long as some of these others, um, but you could you can chart it versus the dollar, and it did the crypt- typical crypto. I mean, it went sideways right out of the gates and then went on a massive run. Let me see what percentage move it had. I mean, this this is versus tether. It was basically came out went sideways around six cents and then exploded to a dollar forty. Mm. So the, just your you know. 1200% in 30 days <laughs> mm. and then collapsed all the way back to basically retrace 90%. That's a standard, right? Yeah. In the next 30 days. So it did a full round trip and that's the thing. Like, you don't want to chase these things when they go, you know, vertical, but now mm. that it's kind of worked off that energy, I think you, Jesus back at 28, 28 cents. I mean, you can work a position back to 10. I think that's probably the right way to do it. There's maybe you can go back to those highs from last January. Okay. Work a position back to 10 cents. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the nice part is that you, if you know where your risk is at zero, you can work, you can back into what is, what is the max I want to risk on this if it goes to zero and stays there. And mm-hmm. so, you can kind of work into your position. If you do it over three or four lots, you can get your average cost pretty pretty close to the market. And then, you know, we'll see. This most likely is just going to kind of follow the overall strength and, you know, Bitcoin and the rest of the market. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And for those that don't know, uh, Request Network, they're trying to build a, like the infrastructure to create financial services on top of it. So a bunch of, decentralized applications on top of their quest network. So you could do something like a small business could connect QuickBooks directly to the request infrastructure and track all the request payments, all the payments on it and directly uploaded to an application on top of it. So all these developers can build all sorts of stuff for finance and the financial industry right on top of the blockchain. Yeah, it sounds mm-hmm. doable. What about Nano Nano? Nano, that's another baby. I you guys want to fill them in on? Yeah, real- like give us the lowdown on Nano. Nano? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's just they want to be the cheaper and more efficient currency. I mean, kind of like every other Bitcoin clone, right? Well, I mean, this one's not a clone because it works on a different kind of architecture. They call it the block lattice. There's really no long single chain of blocks. All the transactions are done off chain. You know, two new blocks are created for each transaction. You have your chain that is your balance. The sender, the receiver has their own chain. And these blocks are created, you know, reduces from yours and adds to theirs. Mm -hmm. Everything off chain. I mean... They seem to really be going for uh, widespread adoption. Still new and experimental, but the speed of the transactions are pretty mm-hmm. ridiculous. And they want to be a big player within the Internet of Things, right? That's kind of what you got to have is lots of transactions, obviously, faster mm-hmm. and better. It's right? like Oprah of blockchains. You get a chain, and you get a chain. Everybody gets a chain. Everybody gets two chains. Oh, wait a second. 
Yeah. I mean, they got a pretty interesting way to, to get, you know, to get past those growing pains with adoption, you know, infrastructure, the scaling. I'd be talking to two chains like yesterday. I would be say, Hey, two chains. I know you don't know anything about blockchain. Understandable. Uh, have we got an opportunity for you? And, but, hey, I don't even know if they need us help. I mean, they've, they've been partnering and growing like crazy. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so I don't know much about the block lattice, but I am intrigued now. I, I think it's a very unique twist on uh, blockchains. Is that like, hey, we only I only look at the blockchain for discrepancies most of the time. Anyways, like I, I do business with crypto, and most of the time I'm like, hey, I'm not doing what I told you I was going to do until I see that transaction ID, and that's somewhat of a discrepancy, is it not? Like it may not be like a you didn't pay me as much as we decided, or I didn't do as much as I said I was going to do for how much you paid me, but it's still like, hey, me just, I need to inquire something. So it's an interesting twist uh, mm, to keep everything yeah. off the chain and only put discrepancies on the chain. But also, yeah. there, it, that could get murky too. You know, like, what if it's a one sided discrepancy and, like, I don't want to put it on the chain? I just mm-hmm. don't. Like, I don't, I don't know how that works. You know, obviously, if you look into the. Yeah, it's interesting with especially how. The block size debate's been going and how loud both sides have been and it's good to see an alternative someone else thinking differently similar to like tangle and S- even steam and eos but nano's actually working so well competition's good that's what they say yeah without a doubt what does the chart look like jj what is it is it looking like is gonna be is the juice worth the squeeze if they want if they want adoption they got to have some marketing going on, and I'm glad they rebranded themselves because that first name was just horrible. Everyone thinks it was like Rail Blocks. It's actually Ray Blocks. It's like what? Nano's a little bit better. It confuses me. I mean, I get confused pretty easily, but it seems to me like Nano Technology. But I do like the name better. The chart chart looks pretty good. I mean, it, it really kind of struggled for the last. You know, it kind of ICO'd right when. The market got soft, so uh, it really it. There's a thing we kind of call like if you look at the Elliott Wave stuff. Anytime a market starts to make four more lower lows, it gets to the kind of towards the the end of its run, or it gets a little bit oversold, overbought. But the point is, is that you don't it does you don't need to draw an Elliott Wave to know that you're you've already kind of missed the move down. So we had made four lower lows and then you V bottomed back here in um, February, February 20, 20th. So it's had a good move off the lows straight up to a new high and then retraced about 50% of the move off the low. Um, but this is one we've been wanting to build a position in. Uh, I just haven't been too aggressive waiting for, the overall market to kind of turn before put too much capital to work. But I like the chart looks pretty good. This is, this is definitely one that it's making higher highs and higher lows now. So it's in an uptrend. I think you want to look at, look at that one on dips for sure. Good deal. You can't price. I don't, I can't price it versus the dollar or tether. So it's, you know, it's better to do it that way than versus BTC. I got a question for you. When you're looking at these uh, charts, do you spend more time um, looking at a token versus its dollar value or a token versus its like Bitcoin value or Ether value? You know, definitely versus the dollar. Okay. Because, it, you know, it's it's fine if we could only trade for kind of in the beginning these coins versus BTC. So obviously everybody wanted to look at that chart, but when you really want to just see if your token is rising in value, you want to see if it's rising versus, versus uh, money. And so we're pricing everything in dollars. So you really want to see, I can, you can get a big sell off in Bitcoin or a big rally in Bitcoin. And it, maybe your altcoin hasn't actually even moved. It's just, you're increasing that denominator and 
you're really looking at the move in Bitcoin versus maybe the move in Nano. So if you do it versus the dollar, then you can actually say, hey, oh, there's really, you know, this thing's moving up. There's actually capital flowing into it. And it's not just, oh, okay, Bitcoin had to move. That's why this thing's, you know, not going up. But, but you obviously can't, we can't chart it. I mean, that's something that we'd like to work on at Rhythm when we, when we build our trading platform so that, you know, you, you can price these things versus dollar. I actually met some guys in Chicago that were, uh, were over at a particular bank. Probably wouldn't be happy with me if I'd said who, but they're they're trying to come up with some new coins that I don't know if you'd say compete with Tether, but uh, to different, they're trying, you know, playing with different ways to peg some of these currencies so you don't have to just be either in BTC or just be in Tether or have to go back to dollars and um, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, is there any other coins we want to highlight or or do we need to wrap it up and sell ourselves, promote ourselves a little bit? Yeah, we can save the others for the next show. I mean, I would just say we could touch on the overall market. I mean, this... From a cyclical standpoint, we've been really kind of being patient here. There's two big things that happened last week. And let me bring up another chart real quick. So so we talked about there's something that we use in our pie line. So our, our traders know it makes a little bit more sense as I talk through it versus being able to see it on the chart. But we got your pullback to what we call pie on the daily. That was the low exactly at 6,000 intraday on Bitcoin. And then we rallied. We had a good, strong rally, two-week rally to what we call the bands. And then when you peel back the time frame, we held pie on the daily level. You peel back the time frame, you go lower to the four-hour chart. We actually failed at the same pie line on the upside. So between 6,000 and 12,000, our pie cycle that we use actually net, nailed both the bottom and the top. Um, and so that's kind of why we use it, obviously. It did a great job there. And now we've just been kind of waiting on this, what we call our daily cycle to come back down after failing at 12,000. And today, you, we come in today this week and you actually started to see like Ethereum start to cycle, start to turn back up. Um, let me double check if Litecoin did, but Bitcoin's not quite there. So from a timing perspective, I think we're close to maybe making another pretty important higher low. Um, so we're still being a little bit patient, but you can definitely watch 12,000 on the up now because if you get above there, that's going to be significant from the intermediate term perspective because you're going to be at higher highs. So you'll be in a new uptrend, which hasn't happened since... We haven't been in an uptrend on the intermediate term since beginning of January. It lasted for two days. So all this momentum that's hasn't that's been you know that disappeared. That actually the momentum has been on the downside for most of last month and this month. But that's what we need to watch on the up for the rest of the week. Twelve thousand. I think that's very bullish. You get above there, and then we're let let this daily cycle play out. But. Uh, I think we're close to making a turn, big picture. Good deal. I hope that you guys listening just enjoyed all that nectar that you got because that was a slew of good insight into what the general Bitcoin market is doing. Um, And you can get that kind of goods. You can get those kind of goods all day if you join the chat room. Am I right? Yep. All day, every day. All day, every day, 24 hours a day, six days a week. The seventh day is for resting. Everyone knows that. No <laughs> kidding. Um, yeah. Join the chat room. Yeah. Um, the easiest way to do that is, is um, while we're building out Rhythm, which is our trading platform that we're, we're doing an ICO or that's, that's in the works. But if you go to Jenkins RM, risk management, JenkinsRM.com. 
that's the chat that Dimitri's talking about. It's free to join. The whole point is we're just building a community of traders. So we have people that are mining that are much more sophisticated, you know, and like myself as far as understanding these forks and doing stuff with master nodes. So there's a lot to learn from everybody else that's there. But then obviously we're we're really focused on high level trading. So getting the market right, getting the psychology of trading right, really working on how to work a position and where's your risk and the risk management stuff. Um, so yeah, you know, maybe if you come in and you say, Hey, I heard Jason, I heard you on, uh, I heard you guys on the Bitcoin podcast. Uh, I joined the chat. If you message me, maybe, maybe we'll give away some BTC, uh, BTCZ or something. What do you guys think? I, I think that's very doable. Yeah. How about I that? We got you a bunch to of this episode. Point. This is gonna be buy or sell. What the hell? Number twelve. Come on in. Say hey. Heard you on the show. I'm here for the free BTCZ. Yeah, give me some free coin, or I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm telling my friends. <laughs> hey, they'll, they'll come for the coin, but you'll uh, you'll stay for the conversation. Yeah, that's right. Some real dedicated team of traders in there. No tolerance on any sort of ads or spam or any of that crap. Just yep. real tradable discussion. Yep. Well, do we That's call it? A, do we say it's a wrap? I'd say so. Yeah. That's good. <laughs>